0: It's down to him, uh, Cavill. He ain't getting and then bond. Who's the super? Cavill, who's the Superman though. from the uh, the Marvel movie? What, what the? Uh,
1: like Superman from the Marvel movie?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the well, one we about. Just hand your
2: gavel over now and just <laughs> fucking leave, Jesus! Superman from the Marvel movie. The quote of the season.
1: Welcome to the Replay Value Podcast, where we deep dive into the movies we all love to watch over and over again. I'm Phil, joined by my brother from the same mother, our co-host on the West Coast, Warren. What's up, bro?
2: In this episode, we're going to talk about the action-adventure iconic spy classic blockbuster, Goldfinger.
3: Goldfinger. He's the man, the man. A cold finger beckons you to enter his web. Kiss of death from Mr. Goldfinger.
2: All that glitters is definitely Goldfinger. Sean Connery as Agent 007 takes on the man with Midas touch, billionaire Ort Goldfinger, in this explosive and extremely witty James Bond thriller. The monomaniacal Goldfinger plans to throw the Western world economy into a tailspin. Bond must stop him from contaminating all the gold in Fort Knox with nuclear radiation. The movie boosts such memorable characters as pilot Pussy Galore and Asian hatchet man Oddjob, who suffocates one lovely lady by coating her with gold paint and kills another by breaking her neck with a steel-brimmed hat that he tosses like a spinning discus of death. And there's Goldfinger himself, a pudgy, utterly ruthless villain who nearly puts an end to Bond's career as a ladies' man with a well-placed laser beam. Oscar-winning composer John Barry, The Lion Winter, 1966, wrote the score, highlighted by the unforgettable title tune sung by Shirley Bassey. Uh, MGM, UA Home Video, Approximate Running Time, Two Hours, Color, 1964,
1: Mm -hmm, Digital mm -hmm. Video Transfer, PG. PG. Wow. Okay. Just trailing off into the... (laughs) distance yeah. man you know i don't think i've ever read or heard uh, a uh, back cover be poorly read that gave so much away of the plot like you can tell that's sing- a
2: straight up like original that's one of the first iterations probably the vhs like box I, yeah, every
1: single beat of the film it's just it ruins it all that's terrible yeah um so it's time that time of the year our mid-season classic yes uh, for season six um, which we uh, take a step back and, and typically we'll look at uh, some older films that we normally wouldn't cover. Um, so we've been doing these since season two. Uh, we've done wizard of Oz, 2001, a space odyssey, the good, the bad and the ugly, butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid, and now goldfinger. So actually all of them from the 1960s with the exception of wizard of Oz. Uh, so we, we, it's like, and really the mid season classic is like the decade of the sixties film classics, uh, almost, Um, So uh, this is only the second Bond film we've done, though. The first one we did was Casino Royale way back in season one. So it's been a while since we've uh, visited that franchise.
2: Time to revisit the Bond franchise for sure.
1: And a good one to, to to. to visit it too. This is the Bond film that I have seen the most. Um, yeah, yeah. back when they would do the James Bond marathons on what TNT or whatever.
2: I mean, all the Bonds have like a built-in inherent replay value. I feel particularly nostalgic because uh, the old Roger Moore Bonds would just replay on TV so much. Um, those are considered like the B movie Bonds, uh, but uh, nevertheless.
1: I mean, yeah, he I know, yeah. He, But he's—I like Roger Moore as Bond. He has done the most Bond films. I think he did—he's done seven. I'm wanting to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and there was a stretch where, you know, uh, chances are, I mean, there's a good, possibly there's like a one in three chance that you turn on a Bond film and it's going to be one with Roger Moore in it. So, mm. uh, but no, Goldfinger. This was the third Bond film, you know, it has to be my favorite Bond. Um, not to. know jump ahead to our to you know ranking of bond films but um this this one i have by far seen the most saw it a ton as a kid watch it regularly was been looking forward to this one uh so this is uh yeah this is a treat i i I love this film
2: yeah it's it was one i saw a lot on cable tv i i I, of all the classic bonds i've seen it the most i would say i've probably seen it eight to ten times Probably fair uh, right around there I can not even
1: put a number on it yeah 50, I, 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 I see I haven't
2: seen it that that many um but my favorite bonds again not to step on but my my, my favorite ones tend to be the Connery or the Craig bonds uh personally um yeah. but uh no uh, if you're going to do uh, a classic bond I feel like this is the fitting one for us to be doing
1: yeah yeah like I said this is the third bond film uh, and they were pumping them out every year back in the 60s yeah so. I know every year Doctor No in sixty two from Russia with love and from Russia from Russia with love in, uh, uh, in sixty three, uh, and then uh, Goldfinger here in sixty four and then
2: Thunderball in sixty five.
1: Yeah, and then I did think that they they did skip a year. I'm wanting to say they didn't do one in sixty six. Uh, and then did did, did one in sixty seven, but uh, I lose track of that. But yeah, so this is they were they were churning them out. This was the be- the beginnings. Maybe of it's a little rise. easier to
2: do that when you have the source material and you just have to adapt the book into a screenplay versus having to come up with ideas to make it yeah. into good movies.
1: Yeah. So this was based on the novel by uh, Ian Fleming, who did twelve total Bond films. Uh, uh, and twelve he, total Bond novels. I'm sorry. Thank you. He did twelve total Bond novels. Uh, excuse me. Uh, and he was also churning them out pretty much one a year as well. Um, so this one came out in 1959. It was actually the seventh Bond book. Um, they were going to do um, one, I think, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, wh- wh- the one in Switzerland, but they couldn't like arrange like the film location, so they basically pushed that one out and pulled Goldfinger up uh, because it was easier to accommodate. Because, like, again, they're churning them out one every year, So they wanted to stay on that time, a very, very tight turnaround time frame for that. So even though it's the seventh Bond book, it is the the third film in the franchise. Uh, But Warren, kick us off. uh, How did the movie get made and who made
2: it? Above the Line, written by Richard Maybaum and Paul Dane, produced by Harry Saltzman and Albert Broccoli. Uh, The Broccoli family, of course, famous and iconic uh, 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 shepherds of the Bond franchise uh, the present day. Uh, Directed by Guy Hamilton, the first of four Bond films. Uh, He directed. Um, And he took a much more grounded approach, well, at least compared to Terrence Young anyways.
1: Yeah, so there some things about Bond changed uh, whenever uh, Hamilton came on board. Uh, You could say that he broke that existing Bond mold, so to speak. Um, Bond was very much uh, more like a, almost like a Superman character. Like he he was approaching that, where he was just, you know, uh, here I come to save the day, you know, just untouchable would just dominated the bad guys kicked a bunch of ass um so this one kind of took the turn to say okay well bond is you know a lot of the times in a situation with overpowered vill- villains where he isn't always in control um and there was more of like a humor injected into into the into the film so uh, a different take on bond uh that re- created the bond that we would more associate uh with today that helped was that was started with Hamilton uh, with, with Goldfinger.
2: It seems like Goldfinger is just, I guess, was the next logical film for them to uh, to make off of from the novels Is um, because it seems like everybody favored Thunderball. That's the one they've made the most. That's the story that seems to be on script, I guess, the most beloved. And when you think about it, it involves a nuclear warhead. So it's very epic, James Bond, world-saving uh, story. I, did, um, I do
1: think that one went on to be the most financially successful Sean Connery Bond. Yeah, film. yeah. Thunderball
2: was huge, yeah, because it benefited off the success of Goldfinger, Goldfinger was big, so it was like the follow-up. Uh, took the Goldfinger took the franchise to the level where a hit like Thunderball was possible. It had that worldwide notoriety, and people were waiting on like the next Bond film.
1: Batman Begins doing that exactly with, like, made it the possible Dark Knight, for Dark yeah.
2: Knight to get a billion. Sure. But, mm-hmm. So I guess while the, the legal battle was ensuing over the rights of Thunderball. They uh, decided uh, you know to go with Goldfinger. So Goldfinger, I know usually cover the budget, but they really doubled. Down with this Bond film. They had the budget of Doctor No and From Russia with Love combined three million for this picture. So they they um, really uh, increased the budget substantially from the previous Bonds.
1: Well, yeah, it, I mean you almost have to touch on that because this was seen as the first blockbuster Bond. That is the approach that was taken to it. Uh, but and with that being considered, they took a lot of there was a lot of new things that they did. Uh, this film was the first to have a cold open with an unrelated mission uh, first one to have an opening theme with like a pop star current music uh, music music star of the era with Shirley Bassey of course the, that classic uh, that classic number there uh, and then like I said earlier the lighter fare which uh, with the humor and, and to be that, that actually did come from the the book from Ian Fleming um, you know uh, a lot of the earlier bond books he was like talking about a lot of health problems and it was like a more serious tone uh and that 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 took a shift in the book and they leaned into that with the their especially guy hamilton with this version of bond uh when they were when they were working on it to again make it more fun you know have a little banter with q and 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 inject those elements uh wittier elements into bond
2: uh, production began January 20th, 1964 in Miami Beach for five days. They shot in the U.S. Uh, and I kind of love that. There's only a handful of Bond films where Bond's operating on U.S. soil. And, uh, you know, as an American, obviously, we always kind of like seeing them over here. Um, that's why I love Casino Royale. I mean, Bond is saving Miami Airport, man. Come on. <laughs> so Bond's in Miami here um, as well. Uh, it was primarily shot uh, at Pinewood Studios uh, uh, in London. Uh, and the second unit actually shot there in Kentucky, Philip at Fort Knox. So yeah, the actors didn't go to Kentucky. They basically second unit shots, and then they would superimpose Jeez. images if necessary. or, yeah, so, or I, shot.
1: I mean, they were able to shoot around Fort Knox, the city. They could not use the Fort Knox bullion deposit gold depository. Uh, for anything as far as they weren't allowed access to get inside so everything that you see about Fort Knox and it's look uh, specifically the interior is all done on soundstage it's all done from scratch uh, because they couldn't get access but it's very believable when Mm. you watch it you know it's just like okay you know this uh, this has the aesthetic of something that you would expect out of a Fort Knox but uh, that was all just all created uh, Mm -hmm. um, you know from scratch
2: yeah, I know you touched on some of the things that change with this, Bond. But, man, what I really love is the introduction of the gadgets. This is kind of where Bond yeah. fuses with Batman. Uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of that. Um, not a thing before Goldfinger, by the way. I mean, he didn't have shit. He just had his pistol. Uh, but the Aston Martin, they had a product placement deal, and that's become, what, the signature car for James Bond to this day. Yeah, the uh, Aston drops, Martin
1: yeah. DB5. Yes. Um, I think... Um, in the book, he drove a DB Mark III, which was like a very, you know, uh, luxurious car. I think he drove a Bentley or something, I'm wanting to say, in one of the other Bond Yeah, films, and, and
2: Connery says that. He goes, what about my Bentley? Uh, that's
1: like, right, well, yeah.
2: Uh, and he's like, M's orders a 007, and then he shows him the uh, the DB5. Uh, I Just love this go, car. Uh,
1: real, real quick tangent on, on,
2: on Revolving license
1: plate,
2: uh, ejector seat, where it's got the spikes like Ben-Hur on the
1: wheels. I fucking love this car. Yeah, okay. So, uh, you know... That, this also fleshed out Q, the Bond mobile, you know, showing you know, in the 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 Q little compound room or whatever there, uh, being able to see those gadgets in action. This was the first time you got that in a Bond film. Q was in, I think, from Russia with Love, but it just very very briefly and didn't have that type of banter where, I'm real sick of your shit, James. Bring my stuff back to me. You know that 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 was established in Goldfinger. Uh, real, real quick though. Um, side note about the Aston Martin DB5. They made four for the film. Such an iconic car that one of those that were used in the film, uh, maybe for promotions. One of them sold in 2019, an auction for 6.4 million dollars. Wow, that car did. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Warren. Um, since this this set the tone for gadgets in Bond film. Do do you have uh, a favorite gadget in this film? Not not Bond the Bond franchise, just just in this film, one that you think that you like the best. Uh,
2: you can't yeah, the say tr- the car as a whole. You no, say the, the car, car you- the car is awesome. But uh, I mean, look all the Batmobile gadgets in the car. Like he lifts it up and he hits like he's got flares and smoke. I, I love all that shit. But if you just want to go separate, uh, even uh, in in uh, Batman Begins, remember Batman has the uh, bat the thing that attracts bats in his shoe or whatever. Uh-huh. Bond has a locator in his shoe, and I got to tell you, for nineteen sixty what three when this was shot came out in sixty four, pretty fucking yeah. badass.
1: That's good. Yeah, I do like that. And um, it's got the
2: tracker too, where you can like it's got its mm. big brother where it's magnetic to it. I, I that is a pretty cool little device.
1: Mm, that is very cool. Yeah, I do. I don't like know how that. much use
2: I would have for it, but nevertheless, <laughs> very cool.
1: Um. Uh, put it in your tesla you know make sure that uh you can track stuff on. well
2: nowadays everybody's got their iphone you need need it you you don't need you just share your location
1: (laughs) it's like it's like a big deal like you know being tracked back then you're like now it's just like yeah i'm tracking you you got
2: the radar map with the bleep bleep
1: that was pretty cool yeah
2: well for sure back then to have that in a car i mean they obviously didn't have it in a car that's an insert shot of a thing getting lifted up somewhere else here's the
1: thing real quick plot hole for me it's just like Q was like, oh, it's fucking revolutionary. How the hell, you know, this is one of a kind. Got an Aston Martin here. But then like Felix Leiter has got it and they're able to track bonds. like, how the hell did they get that in their car? How are they able to track it? him in their car it's just like we're, we're, you know, oh
2: that's a good point they have the same screen even though it's american yeah. Uh, yeah. uh spy services in in, in um, america in miami uh and then you got british spy forces in london somehow they have the same shit
1: i, yeah. I mean i'll just say they worked with them you look past it but anyway yeah uh, i'll have to say my favorite is going to be the ejector seat that's just fucking cool but that is pretty neat uh, yeah uh, although that would be my favorite bond gadget my favorite Goldfinger gadget, if you want to say that, is the laser uh, that they had. Um, you know, when the book was written in nineteen, or released in nineteen fifty nine, the, there was no lasers in it; those didn't exist yet. So they used circular saws in that scene to kind of get the point across. But they wanted to be cutting edge in the film, so they actually found an industrial laser to do it. But turns out the laser uh, wouldn't actually couldn't the, the the cameras couldn't pick it up on film. Uh, so what they ended up doing is they Pre-cut the sheet of metal on the table, then like kind of soldered it back together, uh, or you know whatever, put some sort of cover to make it look like it was not cut. And then someone sat under the table, or two people sat under the table, and with like a blowtorch, like a cutting torch, to make it and like ran it down there during the scene to make it. That's why you see the fire coming up from underneath.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh uh, shit! And, okay. and
1: then they and then they painted a laser into the film in post-production so it's like it it worked out great It's just like neat yeah pretty good for the 1960s tech music of the film uh of course the score done by john barry he's he did a total of 12 bond films uh in his time uh he's credited uh for arranging that the main you know the classic james bond theme which was composed Ah, by monty norman yeah, uh, John Barry. We don't talk about him a lot on this podcast. Uh, you know, as far as the films that we've done, that kind of cross over well, he's a composer he's from yesteryear. Come on, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, but I do want to say he's won five Oscars, uh, one of oh, which wow. was for Dances with Wolves. I uh, did that with oh. Costner. Won an Oscar. We well, won't be doing that one. Yeah, uh, no. not necessarily I, have
2: a high replay value. <laughs> we,
1: we might do one another uh, film that he did, uh, H- Howard the Duck. Probably not. Yeah, he did the score for that, too. Wow. He so. win the
2: Razzie for that. <laughs> right.
1: Um, and uh, uh, just a, a, a great call out, though, I, I want to say, is, of course, the title track by Shirley Bassey, uh, which John Barry uh, helped help uh, write as well. Uh, I mean, that is just whenever you like, it's almost impossible to say the title of the film without doing your best Shirley, Shirley Bassey impersonation. Gold finger. I mean, it's, it's, uh, is there another Bond film that
2: has like uh, a theme that's so associated, almost not, almost, almost on the same level with like the Bond theme itself? <sighs> kind of like the Texas flag with the American flag. Like it's right there, man.
1: Uh, Diamonds are forever. Shirley Bassey did that. Um, Guy Hamilton came back for that. So uh, that that one is also very and Adele. Iconic.
2: Skyfall is b- Skyfall, considered yeah, to yeah, be yeah, one yeah. of the great ones. Yeah. yeah.
1: There's been a lot of great Bond songs uh, over the years, yeah. Um, and then a uh, nice little uh, tidbit that I uncovered uh, for about the soundtrack that, you know, a, a lot of times when they're recording these, they will bring in session musicians for like a guitar or whatever. Two of the session musicians for this soundtrack were none other than a pre-Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones.
2: Holy shit, that's cool. They're very cool. Yeah, I love that. And we'll move on to the stars of the picture.
3: All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up.
2: Starring Sean Connery, uh, who played Bond seven times, if you account the unofficial Bond uh, film that he did. Gert Frobe, Honor Blackman, and Shirley Eaton, co-starring Tanya Mallett, Harold Sakata, Bernard Lee, Martin Benson, and Seek Linder. As Felix Leiter, yeah. And, Uh, oh, I almost forgot, and uh, Lois Maxwell as... uh, 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 money penny. Who played so? Money penny. She played money penny the first fourteen Bond films. Oh wow! Yes, and wow. Bernard Lee played M for the first eleven.
1: And so, um, did, no, I guess it would have been Judy Judy Dench wouldn't have come in as M yet. At
2: Judy Dench came in as Goldeneye.
1: That's right. That was her first one. She
2: yeah. was the Brosnan Craig M. She Correct. was then M for two different Bonds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And say so he would have been M for three at least so mm-hmm. okay um
2: actually yeah
1: three maybe yeah. four so i want to start with oric goldfinger like you said played by gert froe but he spoke very little english and i never would have imagined this uh it maybe seems a little weird but i think some older films you, you, you the adrs uh, which is automated dialogue replacement where they'll overdub uh in post um it, it doesn't it's not always the best given the technology at the time so i figured it was maybe an issue with adr when you see some of his line delivery however his entire entire speaking part was uh, ADR would by a different actor named michael collins Um huh. yeah he spoke very little english accent was very heavy um so he had this the on-screen persona of goldfinger but collins who you hear is uh, somewhat someone different than the voice okay. um a little what if though orson wells almost played Goldfinger. Uh, I think there was some money issue there though. I think he wanted to ask too much. However, he did play in the parody Bond film uh, Casino Royale in 1967. Uh, He did play Le Chiffre. He played the villain (laughs) in that. So yeah, he did have a Bond connection elsewhere. So yeah, I thought that... uh, But uh, no, the real thing... Opposite
2: Jimmy Bond?
1: Yeah, there was a lot, I think several characters that portrayed Bond in that, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Pussy Galore, uh, the uh, Honor Blackman uh, was selected because, well, t- for lack of a better phrase, she's a badass. Uh, she was uh, in the Avengers TV show, which not not the Avengers that most people know, with uh, you know Captain America, Iron Man, and. Funny such. enough,
2: this wasn't it made into a movie. Oh no, that was with uh, what's his name? I think uh, Ray Fiennes
1: uma thurman was in that yeah, yeah it was the yeah the uh modern
2: day of the 90s yeah it was like an yeah. espionage type of show uh that became a i wanted a to say sean connery was involved but then i was thinking of league of extraordinary, league of extraordinary gentlemen,
3: gentlemen.
1: <laughs> yeah completely com- <laughs> completely different vibe there okay yeah um uh of course the name pussy galore you might think would uh am i dreaming Set off, yeah. Set off some sensors. Um, however, uh, they they did almost name the character Kitty Galore uh, to get around that. But I think with a you know couple of uh, greased palms and uh, and and some donations to the right people, they were able to get it through the censors. And there you and, go. And that's how you got uh, one of the most uh, overt double entendre names in the Bond franchise. Uh, Pussy Galore, jeez. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Honor Blackman. She she leaned into it though. She she loved to. She would go on interviews uh, for the the role uh, or for, for the film, and and would say her character's name as much as possible to make the interviewer so uncomfortable, which I thought was was pretty funny.
2: So uh, was looking at actress Mount Rushmore. Come on, it's one of dude. the easiest episodes I've ever done. Fucking everybody. It's
1: everybody. I mean, that's we're everybody doing
2: everybody involved. Is this is the, on their Mount Rushmore?
1: I, yeah, I know we haven't. We've all we haven't been. Doing the Mount Rushmore for uh, I think well we've done it for about about a season now, but I think anytime you do it on a midseason classic like this, it's it's gonna be everybody. Gotta be yeah
2: yeah. Also, let's be fair, we don't we're not really hooked in with the uh, actress careers of that day, so it certainly feels that way.
1: Yeah I, I, yeah, I, you have to. Put it there, though it's so iconic. Yeah, All right, yeah. Uh actors actor uh, at their peak, actors at their yeah, peak. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Connery's first peak. He had two at least.
1: Well, this is his uh, peak as James
2: Bond. That's what I was. Yeah, well, I think this uh, maybe may Thunderball.
1: No, no, no. You're right. I'm just saying, like you're the the apex. This iteration
2: though, of Bond, yeah. He yeah. he really figured it out by this movie.
1: I think you look fucking back,
2: Love from Russia with Love. I, I think by the second film, he cracked it.
1: Yeah. So I mean, you're 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 rising up. In, from Russia with Love, and your, the peak Goldfinger—that's the most iconic Bond, uh, and then or Bond film from his era definitely, uh, and then you come back down just slightly with Thunderball. You're still up there. You're still at the peak. You're still in that three three Bond film peak. But I think the apex of it is Goldfinger.
2: Well, and I think the other actors too. I mean, like Honor Blackman, it's her peak as an actor. Uh, I mean, Goldfinger. This is the only thing you really know him from, uh, at least. You know, mm-hmm. it's defining roles for both of them so yeah I think those three actors uh, in their peak in this film in some iteration or another
1: right I mean yeah I agree Yeah. Uh, biggest benefactor though who would you say uh,
2: the Bond franchise but uh. I mean this movie I think really the Bond franchise I mean, if we're going cast well, and also Guy Hamilton as a director. I mean, let's t- you could talk have a conversation about that. Well, uh,
1: I-, I think I, you're, you're bouncing around like you're really. But, sure but if like we're going to you... do cast now. If we're doing
2: mm-hmm. cast, it's. Um... You could say Connery, but he was kind of already Connery and okay. was already Bond. I think, I think getting... uh, Frobe uh, oh, okay. worked nonstop for the next twenty-five years after this movie. I think it pretty much uh, made sure he, he never stopped working. Same thing with Honor Blackman; uh, she would work the next fifty years till twenty fifteen, like nonstop, just one one project after another. So. Uh, I think biggest benefactor, you can make an argument, it would be uh, Froben Blackman,
1: uh, co-winners. All right. Um, I'm actually going to say the biggest benefactor was Harold Sakata, who played Oh, okay. in the film. Yeah. Um, he was a 1948 silver m- m- medal Olympian weightlifter in uh, the 1948 Olympics. Um, so he hadn't done any acting, uh, and they saw him, the producers, and I think Hamilton saw him on television uh, wrestling and was like, Hey, that's our guy. I mean, you read up this guy, he has a great story. He was like 18 years old, weighed like 115 pounds was nothing. And he's just like, Hey, I I want to, I want to, I want to be like, you know, I want to be like one of those people that could, you know, lift weights. And, and he, he like turned his life around, became, uh, a leader of a gym, uh, and, and, and in Hawaii and, and, you know, like I said, went on to compete in the Olympics. Um, and then eventually, of course, from wrestling, he got noticed. Uh, he was even challenged by Milton Reed, uh, not a familiar name, but another uh kind of big heavy uh, of the time who actually was a guard was Dr. No's guard in the first uh, bond film. He wanted to come back as a different character and they're like, "Wait a second he's like well i'll I'll challenge Sakata to do a wrestling match, and whoever wins is going to get the part, and the producer's like, "What are you talking about? No when you know yeah, uh, and uh, not happening. But Sicada did go on to have a, a career in film, uh, and it started here. So I'd have to say he he he's the big, biggest benefactor for me.
2: Okay, that's a yeah. that's a good argument. I okay, I, you, you convinced me. Thank you.
1: Well, I'm going to keep it going later in the episode for the fan theory. You just remember how. Oh how good no, my no,
2: that's terrible. Okay. Not going to happen.
1: All right, Warren. Well, let's uh, let's without further ado, who is your MVP?
2: Uh, MVP has got to be. Uh, Gotta be Sean Connery, man. Look, he carries the movie.
3: What a waste of time! It's (laughs) so obvious. It is. I
2: mean, look. I mean, uh, he makes this movie what it is. It's not Goldfinger without Sean Connery. This is the arguably the best Bond. He owned that belt for a long time. Some still says he does, but he gets, like I said, he gets the full character hand on from Russia with Love. But this movie, he fucking owns it. He's fully blossomed into the role. The the charisma, the charm. Uh, He's just a badass, a manly man man. I mean, he's just a bad motherfucker. He's handsome, smart, uh, takes action, a risk. Uh, he's who we all want to be. Uh, it's And it's a super hard to, thing to do as an actor and he pulls it off.
1: I, like you said, a lot of people, to them, this is still their favorite James Bond. And, and I can't say that they're wrong. I, I think the he's The OG. Yeah. The OG, he he set the tone of the role, uh, and
2: he set and, the characteristics of the character on screen. All the yeah. other actors based their Bond uh, interpretation in some way or another on the foundation he set. How can you not? You have to. It's you considered to. like not canon if you don't.
1: Yeah. So, and for that, uh, no other reason, he is the MVP yeah. All right, stats and accolades of gold Goldfinger. Release date was okay. Please stop. <laughs> Release date, you know, of course, is is a little little muddy when you go back to the the 1960s and that era uh in the uk it released september 18th 1964 did not come out in the u.s until december 22nd 1964 Uh, warner should come as no surprise to you that this is the first film that we've covered from 1964 on the podcast yeah not a surprise Uh, on a budget uh like you said earlier of three million dollars which was combined budgets of the first two bond films it was uh considered the first blockbuster bond film Uh, opening weekend numbers were not available for that time um as far as uh domestic take i found 51 million but the worldwide take uh, over many releases both uh here and abroad it's a little mixed i've seen as high as 150 million 125 million so Uh, It's somewhere around that number for uh, the worldwide uh, worldwide take. So off three million dollars, it's not 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 bad, not bad.
2: Finished the year ranked number three at the box office. Uh, Like you said, the first film that was like a legit blockbuster marketing taglines. James Bond is back in action. Uh, Everything he touches turns to excitement. So that was actually on the one sheet. So uh, everybody, everybody excited for the third Bond movie. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, very, very excited for Bond. It was a lot of hype coming around around for this one. Wouldn't that be cool though? I mean, what a time to to live in for for. I mean, I, I know film and TV is great today, but to be getting a new Bond film every year, like we got to wait like four and five years for him now. It's it's absurd.
2: It's ridiculous. Yeah, it was crazy how they turned them out. Uh, Runtime an hour and 50 minutes. So you're in and you're out under two hours. Man, the good old days in movies, major motion pictures were under two hours. We've talked about that. Uh, Rating PG with a body count of 77. (coughs) Nine by Bond with zero F-bombs. Not a lot of profanity in movies from the 60s.
1: Well, I know it's PG. Uh, this would, of course, would be PG-13 if it came out today. But that rating didn't exist in 1964.
2: Yeah, it was just PG. Then didn't, come straight to R. Until, yeah. uh, didn't come around
1: until didn't come around to the 80s, I believe.
2: After uh, what uh, Raiders? Raider, uh, no, not Raiders. Uh, Temple. Temple of Doom. Temple yeah. Doom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, scores of the film Rotten Tomatoes 99, percent the highest ranking Bond film on the site. Of course, a lot of those are you know. After the fact, retrospective reviews, I believe they're called. What, you uh, mean Rotten
1: Tomatoes and the Internet didn't exist in 1964? Warren, tell me more. What? No, you idiot. I they know. fucking
2: compile critics from other publications I that weren't know. around. Dipshit, know. but they only probably had like three critics back then. Uh, Metacritic 87. So the critics uh, did like it. Uh, it's Roger Ebert. It's his favorite Bond film. It made his great movies list. Uh, beloved by critics. Um,. Audiences. I mean, it's a commercial and critical smash. Awards of the film, the first Bond film to win an Oscar. One Oscar win for Best Special Effects. One BAFTA nomination for Best Art Direction. Another six wins and five <gasps> nominations.
1: Best Special Effects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, we talked about the scene with the laser. That was pretty cool. You know, how, the, how, they, how they pull that off. I wonder if... Um, I mean, there's not a ton of special effects in the film, so... Wow. But that's yeah. wild that something like that could win. Okay. Uh, music of 1964, uh, the Grammy record of the year in, I think, the sixth Grammy Awards, sixth or seventh Grammy Awards, uh, was The Girl from Empanema by Stan Getz and Jawo Gilberto. Uh, and then the number one song that week, both in when it was the number one song in September during the U.K. release, and it was still the number one song in the U S in December uh, when it was released uh, I feel fine by the Beatles, which actually get a call out uh, in the film. The Beatles do, uh, if you recall, whenever uh, he's talking to Jill and he's going to go get more Dom perion um, from the fridge. And he says, uh, you know, if you can't drink a chill or if you don't drink a chill, it's like listening to the Beatles without earmuffs or something like something to that effect. So,
2: uh, movies of 1964. No, a few of these. Uh, top of the Box Office, number one, Mary Poppins.
1: Ooh, nice.
2: That'll but be a future, favorite, future replay value. But my favorite film of the year has got to be Dr. Strangelove. Uh, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. You also, think we'll do I, that
1: one? Are we going to do that uh, one on the pod? That's
2: a mid-season classic. Dad definitely would have wanted us to do it by now. Uh, the Pink Panther Oh, now, Dad uh, oh, would have definitely
1: won us through Pink Panther. Yeah, yeah and
2: that, uh, Sergio Leone's uh, Fistful of Dollars. Uh, the, wow. the first of the Dollars trilogy came out in 64. Some
1: great films that year. Wow. Yeah,
2: Father Goose. Uh, it's uh, The Unsinkable Molly Brown, which is yeah. uh, you know, Titanic. Okay. Uh, and The uh, Carpetbaggers. That's, at the, that's at the top okay. set. some of the big big films. Uh, Oscar winner for Best Picture, My Fair Lady. Uh, Julie Andrews also won the Oscar for Mary Poppins. Wow best actress uh 1964 movie ticket price was 93 cents on average (laughs) adjusted for inflation that's seven dollars and 37 cents today i think we're beating that dude dude the buying power of pennies back then unbelievable wow world events of the year uh cassius clay muhammad ali beat sony liston for the world heavyweight championship Dr. Martin Luther King won uh, the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, The Civil Rights Act of 1964 was signed by President Johnson. Congress authorizes war against North Vietnam. The Warren Commission report on the JFK assassination concludes Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. (coughs) Yeah, right. And Elizabeth Taylor married Richard Burton for the first time. First of two times.
1: Okay. Best of scenes and lines from Goldfinger. Now, we haven't done a, a Connery impersonation yeah, all whole episode. Con- I'm proud oh, of us. Yeah, okay? yeah, I know. We've been holding well, it
2: back. I wanna, oh, well, we uh, did a little uh, like that. Like, the, the I listeners. must be dreaming. Push it. Yeah. We're we'll going to um, do a couple.
1: All right. So let's start with our uh, runner for best scene. Warren, uh, you go first.
2: Uh, It's got to be uh, Bond's uh, Batmobile car chase. Uh, he uses all the <laughs> gadgets. To dispose of the goons, I think he gets rid of two different cars using the gadgets. Um, that's dude. Back in 1964, I don't think they had done a lot of stuff like that. You hadn't had a lot of like action car chases, and uh, those are hard to shoot. It's it's and um, I mean they shot them with screens. Uh, obviously, when you see them, like the inserts of uh, Sean Connery in the car, but uh, even some of the the, the drive by. It's hard to make cars look like they're going fast on yeah. camera. It really mm-hmm. is. Uh, so very difficult to shoot something like this especially back then, uh, and it, you just it's its impressive that they were able to pull it off like they did. I, I think it's well-directed, well-conceived, well-laid out, and it's very enjoyable.
1: Yeah, that's um, that's pretty good. I like that. Um, I think I read a lot that. of
2: groundwork for, I think, a lot of movies have ripped that car chase scene off in one way or another, well, like it, someone in car a car using of, gadgets.
1: It's got a lot of suspense, so you think he's going to get away, and he keeps coming back, gets caught... Um, so there, there, there is um, a great cat and mouse game going along along with that, where you can realistically see why he's got to use the gadgets that he has at his disposal, and what ultimately you know is uh, why he gets caught is because the mirror that he you know he just panics in that moment. Um, that I, I think I'd read that that where they shot that was in the back alleys of Pinewood Studios, and that that street where they did the shot with where he sees the mirror and crashes is now named Goldfinger Avenue like it was so iconic they actually named it from oh from, shit yeah so I like that um however my runner up is going to be a different scene with the car it is going to be Bond and Q's interaction uh their first meeting in Q's uh, bunker his compound his gadget room
3: morning Q morning, this way please we're out busy this morning. It's not perfected yet. Where's my Bentley? Oh, it's had its day, I'm afraid. But it's never let me down. M's orders, could... 007. You'll be using this Aston Martin DB5 with modifications. Now, pay attention, please. Windscreen bulletproof. as are the side and the rear windows. Revolving number plates, naturally. Valid all countries. Here's a nice little transmitting device called a Homer. You prime it by pressing that back like this. You see? The smaller model is now standard field issue to be fitted into the heel of your shoe. Its larger brother is magnetic. Right. To be concealed in the car you're trailing while you keep out of sight. Reception... On the dashboard here. auto visual, range 150 miles.
4: Ingenious and useful too. Allow a man to stop off for a quick one en on route.
3: It has not been perfected after of years of patient research entirely for that purpose, 007. And incidentally, we'd appreciate its return, along with all your other equipment. Intact for once when you return from the field. Oh, you'd be surprised the amount of wear and tear that goes on out there in the field.
1: You get the, like, I, like we talked about earlier, that type of, you know, Q is tired of James's, perpetually tired of James's shit. Uh, doesn't really respect him um, and, and is just, you know, you get to see all the gadgets in action. I think that was always one of my favorite parts of, of Bond films is seeing that visit with Q before before the mission, before the movie really takes off and seeing all the cool gadgets. And I think you got a lot of that in the Pierce Brosnan Bonds. I mean, it, it, uh, not not just that one. A lot of the Bond films have repli- tried to replicate that from Goldfinger, but this is where it started. I love lo- love the Bond queue meetups.
2: Um, mm, yeah. yeah.
1: And that's an honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, all right, what's your winner?
2: Oh, my winner is the Bond versus Oddjob
1: fight. Ah, really. I almost had that as my I love it, album.
2: man. That's and, that's such a cinematic fight scene and uh you know, Bond is going to get his ass kicked and and it's because he outwits or and outthinks Oddjob is the only reason he wins.
1: Those are the best fights with the heroes when they're using their brain, you know, yeah. to win. Yeah. And
2: it's clear that they're fucked, so it adds suspense for the audience cuz like, well, I don't know how they're going to get out of this.
1: What's your winner? My winner is when Goldfinger explains Operation Grand Slam to the West Coast East Coast mafiosos, um, that entire monologue there, and like the room turning and the table coming up. I mean at that up to that point in the film, you, you you kind of respect Goldfinger and what he's doing, but at that point you're like, he's a criminal mastermind. That is one of the best villain monologues ever. I mean, it's fantastic, and how he does it—it's with, with um, the drama, yeah. the, the theatricality of it. It's it's great.
4: My plan is foolproof, gentlemen. I call it Operation Grand Slam. I have devoted fifteen years of my life to it. Every detail has been scrupulously prepared. Every eventuality has been considered. We'll operate on a split-second schedule. Your organization, Mr. Midnight, brought a consignment of these canisters across the Canadian border.
3: They contain
4: Delta 9.
3: Delta 9? What's that?
4: An invisible nerve gas which disperses 15 minutes after inducing complete unconsciousness for 24 hours. Tomorrow at dawn, the flying circus of my personal pilot, Miss Pussy Galore, will spray it into the atmosphere. Once the population, including the military, has been immobilized, my task force, which Mr. Strap and his people smuggled across the Rio Grande from Mexico, will approach Fort Knox in motorized equipment along Bullion Boulevard, which runs past the depository here and intersects with Gold Vault Road. This fence... Surrounding the depository, as Mr. Strapp reminded us, is electrified. It will be dynamited. My task force will then move to the main entrance and demolish it. How, may I ask? You made that possible, Mr. Solo. By arranging through your considerable influence in shipping circles to bring through customs uninspected a consignment labeled machine parts. All that will then remain is to descend to the vaults where the bullion is stored.
1: All right, uh, honorable mentions. Uh, I only had two that, well, you mentioned one of them, the Bond versus Aja fight. Only other one that I had is early in the film where Bond disrupts the card game in Miami that, that Goldfinger is playing where he's got the earpiece in. Dude, and it, dude. Yeah.
2: Dude, that is oh, so amazing. Are you kidding me? That whole little bit, like, he turns down the radio and she's like, who are you? And he, you know who he is and uh, and then it cuts the gold finger and the classic bond thing cuts in and he's like hitting the ear dude that that moment is like just cinema gold
4: who are you Bond James Bond
1: come on come on yeah, I love it's that. Like,
2: it's like literally 10 or 15 seconds, and it's it, it, it literally that 10 or 15 seconds almost was my winner, like or at least runner-up. I love it that much.
1: I will say that like between my – and that's why I only have a couple honorable mentions is because, honestly, between the four of them, they're interchangeable. Any of them could be a winner, runner-up, honorable mention. They're all just iconically great scenes. Um, One thing that I will say uh, after the fact, after the card – the game and bond and Jill hook up and whatever. And she is killed by getting her skin painted gold. I remember watching that with dad and I'm like, how did she die? I don't get it. You know? And like, he's yeah. like, well, she suffocated cause he painted her skin. And I was like, that can happen. He's like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's real. Yeah, <laughs> like I've heard I've now since learned. No, it's not real. You cannot die that way. I mean, it's that seems
2: insane. so iconic. I mean, it's so iconic. Even Quantum Solace kind of paid homage to it with the girl drip covered in oil. Oh, you oil know, that's yeah, that's uh, how iconic it is to the Bond strawberry fields. You know, yes.
1: some of the Bond girl names are such a they're really stretching. Ridiculous. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Now, Pussy Galore, that's classic. OK, <laughs> yeah. You got no problem with that. <laughs> um, all right. Honorable mentions for you
2: uh the opening scene man Bond blows up the secret lab fucking classic spy introduction comes in the scuba gear with the fucking owl on his head. he's got the grapple gun kind of a little Batman thing there you know I'm gonna th- mention that um, he like kicks the guy, plants the bomb and then my favorite part he unzips the the the, the scuba suit That's and underneath best. is a perfect tuxedo walks right in looks at his watch bomb goes off he just lights a cigarette fucking badass dude i mean you talk about just a great way that to start great. a bond movie it's oh, yeah. so good and and Come like on, I opening said, scene you're not mentioning this
1: come on man i'm doing it I for know, you i know i know i actually yeah one of the greatest opening scenes. i feel bad now i should have had that as an why didn't i have that i'm an idiot um man uh, and like i said earlier this was the first bond film to have that cold open with a mission, mm, love that it. Is unrelated, unrelated to, the
2: main, to the main story. I love it. Yeah, it's so good. Now I will uh, say, they, you go they, back and like watch. It's like a prologue, it. like Christopher Nolan. I feel like did that with the Batman movie. Here I go mm-hmm. again. Uh, or even like yeah, the Batman. new Craig movies with Skyfall. Like they would have uh, the the, the same Mendez yeah, Bond you, you, you films. You always
1: that. you always find a way to tie in Bond and Batman. Like you were saying, like the gadgets oh, yeah. with Batman. What do you call Casino Royale, Warren? What do you call it?
2: Bond begins. Bond
1: begins. That's what <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it is. They, they got done. heavy like influence from Batman Begins.
2: They did. anybody, everybody yeah. knows that. All Come right. on, definitely Any inspired others? it. Yes. Um. Uh, the opening credits man the bond classic uh, i know oh, you mentioned well, it with music I, uh, but okay. that's that's pretty great uh, but even the visuals and all the bond girls <sighs> yeah. and the music another fir- the first in this for the first for the series yeah. uh, for the bond franchise um well, that's and I mean. it and, and it set the standard the 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 bar it, it, it's a characteristic that's defining the bond to this day uh when go, all Goldfinger's uh, flying um uh, angels or uh, what are they? Uh, the the flying uh, pilots, flying they, the, the flying circus. They 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 gas Fort Knox by plane. That's a, a pretty. Uh, I love on. how they cut That's that. Come not, on, this uh, is
1: not worthy. It's not at the same level as the other scenes we've mentioned. mentioned. No, man.
2: I, I just how it's directed. They got the music. I mean, it's uh, you know you love musicals. I love scenes that are cut well with music, and it kind of sets up the action. It, it's it's for and especially you have to consider the time the film was made. That's a pretty cool scene.
1: I do love musicals and you. I keep recommending them for the pod and you shut them down you're like, yes, not no, doing them Not that one Alright, any others? Uh, no, that's it Thank God, okay, let's move on to best lines I'm going to do my runner up uh, and it is going to be the when Bond wakes up in the plane and he is introduced to Goldfinger's pilot for the first time
3: Who are you? My name is Pussy
4: Galore
1: I must be dreaming. Just the look of like the kind of the nostril flare and the look of, of Connery when he's, oh, I must be dreaming. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's. Loves where he's at. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. I love that. Uh, all right, yeah, what, I, I add it... that
2: as an honorable mention.
1: Okay. Okay. What's your runner up, though, for best?
2: Line? My runner up is. Uh,
4: just a drink. A martini. Shaken, not stirred.
2: Another first for
1: the franchise. I Oh, that was man. the first. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. First oh, man. time, man. Man, I, I uh, damn. I would have. I probably would have moved that to my runner-up if I would have known that. Damn. Idiot. All right. Um, all right. I think we're gonna match up on the winner. I Think we are. Yeah. Uh, Do you expect is... me to talk? No, Mister Bond. I, I expect you today. to die. Yeah, that's my winner. Yeah, that's my winner as well. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mister Bond. I expect you to die. And actually, um, I hate to say it, I, I don't think this movie is insanely quotable. The only honorable mention I had was your runner-up, the uh, Shaking Out stirred. You could throw in the Bond, James Bond here, I think as well. It's it's classic. It's iconic. But that was it for me. I didn't really have a lot of uh, a lot of lines that I that, that that jumped out at me. What about you?
2: Uh, I have a couple, uh, a couple by Bond, uh, shocking, positively shocking.
1: Okay, in the opening scene. Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's
2: great. Uh, Of course, I mentioned it with uh, the great cinematic moment.
4: Who are you? Bond. James Bond.
2: Another first uh, where he introduces himself. Uh, You okay? Where's your butler friend? He blew a fuse. Like, yeah, I fucking love that. It's so good. Uh, just the one-liners by he's Connery like, he's are like gold. like
1: Schwarzenegger with the one-liners in here. <laughs> stick around. you know. Fucking. They're shocking. <laughs>
2: oh, we almost forgot this. God damn it. This should have been my runner-up. I totally forgot. It's uh, now pushy. You know more about planes than you do guns. Like, how are we not saying that? I can't believe we almost forgot. We said that so much to each other, and it's the one we've said the most oh. from the movie.
1: I don't remember us saying that a lot, did we really? you want to
2: do this the easy way or the hard way? And she's Uh, pointing the gun at him, and uh, he's like, now push it. it, You know more about planes than you
1: do guns. Yeah. That's great. Moving on to Judge Bob's recasting court, where Warren and I will attempt to recast this iconic classic film with today's stars. All rise for the Honorable
0: Judge Bob presiding. Gentlemen, you may be seated. The good news about this one. Uh, recasting court is in session. We wouldn't have to recast it today because I'm almost positive that nobody would have enough balls to make this movie right now. Not the way this one was done. Uh, uh, well, okay, so not here's, the way this. Was it, done. Here, I think From a you, Bond
1: movie, not a 1960s <laughs> Bond
0: movie. Um,
1: and I think I think in, or
2: 1970s Bond movie or early 1980s Bond 90s, movie.
3: We'll <laughs> or really anything.
1: Pre-90s Bond movie, yeah. Pre-Brosnan. Really, the first 15 Bond movies, just, you know... Uh.
0: My favorite my favorite yeah, thing enjoyable. about James Bond Come movies, on. and one of the reasons that this entire cinematic experience will never die, is that they always stay very engraved in the time. Like, the ones who were made in the 90s mm-hmm. were very 90. Like, they're just... They're so... the. James Bond does not go in the past. He does not go in the future. He lives right now when they make a movie, and they make it yeah. according that's to what is now And their crime and the people that, like the, the the you know the terrorist or the bad guy or whatever it is. It's always about what fits. the they're
2: built in a mountain with models of their plan. Yeah, yeah. in that culture, yeah. of that
0: time. It's just it's <laughs> so, that's the cool thing about James Bond. It's just in 007 as they show you know, throughout history, it just, it doesn't, there's always going to be a new seven. There was never one. Right. Cause it can always be reassigned something current to what's going on. It's timeless. Yeah. So the only thing, um, yeah. about that, that just makes this so much fun is that you can do these over and over and over and again and again, and just recreate them in today's world. So I think this will be a fun one to cast. Yeah. I do. i um, excited to see the notes that you guys sent over I think you have some compelling arguments coming. Looking forward to it. Today's recasting, we're going to hear arguments for QM Felix Pussy Galore, the French Nail Varnish, Eric Goldfinger, and James Bond.
1: Work is kept. Bond, James Bond. Come on, it was right there for you, man. You, godly. No, nah. just missed opportunity.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. I got the French okay. Nail Varnish. I nailed that. That yeah, you did. Good job. Thanks. Yeah, all right, <clears throat> Warren, you've been on a little little bit of a heater. Mm.
1: Yeah, so this is the eleventh episode. God. As we talked about our midseason classic, we are tied right now five to five for the season.
0: I mean, but he started out mm. just god awful. Yeah, I was getting
1: smoked. Yeah, mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little
0: bit. A little so bit. Um, yeah.
2: let's
0: yeah, yeah. let's see if the streak stays alive here. Ball is in your court. Who do you have cast as Q?
2: So for Q, um, I really love this character. His whole dis, but oh7 put that down. Like it's like it's like a child. Uh, the the whole dynamic is just really great. Um, I, I really love all the stuff with Q. Uh, the whole set design, it just all the interaction. It's and, and this is the first time we see Q in in um, in, in Bond and in Goldfinger. So for my Q, I mean he might have been able to be. Oh, no, he wouldn't have been a 007, but he was a big movie star in his uh, younger years, and he's really found a great comedic groove in his, uh, now in some of the supporting characters he plays. Hugh Grant
1: would be my Q. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and I think it, we should say that Q, M, um, you know, those are characters that we're, we're, in a sense, approaching this like we're recasting the franchise. They are minor characters in this film, yes, but they are... Uh, key figures in the franchise as a whole. So we're kind of taking that that approach to it. So I, I loved Hugh Grant and recently I saw him in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. He played like a Duke or something like that. Like a he, he was great in a very good great comedic timing. He's he's good. I
0: like that. Phil, who do you have? Uh
1: yeah, this was I, I felt like there was a lot of great options out there uh for, for this one I thought. I mean you could go, I think, in a traditional more by the book uh, like Ian McCallan, Michael Caine, Um I think that would those you know that, that I think those are low hanging fruit there. Thought of David Tennant, uh who was one of the, the doctors, um Doctor Who. Um I think just kind of a, a little bit of a poshness wackiness though, just kind of just tired of double oh seven shit. However, uh when I thought of this guy perfect, I went with Mark Rylance uh, as my cue. I think it is mr dawson and dunkirk um he was in don't look up he was like the kind of the techie elon musk uh, steve jobs type of figure uh, 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 he's great in that movie so i think he's got the comedic chops great posh british actor though that could do it i, I love him
0: this one was pretty easy for me hugh grant has just got so much quirkiness to yeah! it yeah Works for Q so yeah, he uh, does. so irritated <laughs> irritated and just kind of ugh, you know yeah Warren who do you have cast for M
2: uh, for M man I had a a list of guys I was thinking about um, Hugh Laurie mm,
0: Jude, him, Law,
2: yeah. Jude Law Jude uh, Law God that talk about it, he could have been a double oh seven potentially sure. uh, mm-hmm. before uh, Ewan McGregor yeah let me saw him Ewan. too actually yeah uh, yeah. yeah. What we'll would Guy Pierce as my M? Oh, wow. I fucking love Guy Pierce, and uh, he could have been Bond. I think
1: he would be great. He could have been. Yeah, Bond. Hey, yeah, maybe. He um, when he no he I was thinking when he a villain in a Bond film. Now I'm thinking of him in uh, Iron Man anyway. But I, I thought of um, I was doing this, and, and I, you know, I haven't seen the new the newest Bond film um, yet. I know I need to, uh, but I was like, oh man, you know what? ray fines would be great in this as m and then i I was like (laughs) yeah he's already M." um i thought kenneth branick i thought he'd be a great m would be pretty good uh however i went with colin firth uh, as my i thought of colin firth i almost went with colin firth damn it i think he's got you know he has the sensibility that he could run um the organization uh you know her majesty's secret service like I don't necessarily want a retired Bond type of feel, but one that's like he's in the spy game and he's like he's he's running it. He's running the show.
2: Never feels like he was actually a double O himself,
0: right? Exactly. He's, uh, he's, he's uh, been he's, in management. He's definitely yeah. auditioned he's very well, well for this part <laughs> through The Kingsman. I love the Colin Firth pick. Uh, that's true. Yeah, he's great. Absolutely, at the Kingsman. Yeah, love, love the that. Colin Firth pick. Very, very easy pick between the two. Well done, Phil. Oh, wow, back on the board, baby. All right, Philly, who you got for uh, Felix?
1: Felix Leiter. So there's a couple of different approaches. I think, you know, if you're recasting, are you going to do this as like a, a, a early, young bond, um, young Felix Leiter, you know, the kind of the counterparts to one another. In that sense, I would have gone John Boyega. If I was doing like a young Felix Leiter, I think he'd be great for that. However, these are, this is a, a little bit more mature of a bond, you know, more mature, uh, lighter, especially as portrayed in the film. I think the actor did it. There's, you know, probably in his fifties. Um, I went with Sterling K. Brown. Um, You know, he has got that CIA quality to him. You know, he is uh, you can see him as being essentially like the U.S. version of Bond. You know, I I like he's got he's got some swagger to him and he is bonds equal across the pond, so to speak. All right. Warren, what do you have for Felix. Yeah, uh, welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, we're talking about Felix here.
2: Felix, I mean, I want to no, know. I don't even know
1: <laughs> how
2: Felix is even on the list. Honestly, barely in the movie. Is this just because he's a recurring this, character this, in this the yeah, Bond franchise? Exactly.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. It. This is not Felix um, up here. An actor has. They have seven different actors play Felix. He is really? in as yes this is the second of seven actors that have played this character Wow! I think that's the second time they already it, you know, in a
1: fair amount of
2: research yeah. and brought something wow, to the table yeah. like that he, lo- he, he, he loves Bond good that's why he loves Bond uh, no but Felix though this is the third movie and it's already the second actor to play Felix they clearly didn't give a <laughs> shit <laughs> they were just like whatever um So for my Felix, you know, the American counterpart to Bond. But obviously he's not supposed to be as cool or as badass as Bond. Kind of more like uh, the Robin to Bond's Batman, uh, if you will, uh, American sidekick. I remember Sebastian Stan. Oh, my boy. He's one of your favorite guys. Uh, He's a really good Robin in action movie. You know, he's a really good, uh, you know, he's Captain America's guy, obviously, of course, but he's uh, really good just being that, uh, he's great in this type of part. And I think he'd be, uh, I think he'd be great as Felix.
1: Yeah, I mean, Felix, I, yeah, I think you're not giving Felix enough credit. Like, I guess in the newer, like, I always think of Jeffrey Wright mm-hmm. his version of Felix. You guys see him a lot in Casino Royale. Like, he was, in a, I mean, I don't know. He was he had a cool, a cool factor that I don't think he got with a Felix in Goldfinger. I'm trying to I'm trying to channel some of that. I want my Felix to be a little cooler. Not that Sebastian Stan isn't cool, but I mean, yeah, was not cool in 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 the
0: original version of Goldfinger. I feel like your CIA spy operatives are a little bit more vanilla. You know, I mean, yeah. he, Bond yeah, is they, they by the book is got a license to kill. The CIA is probably like going to take you down on tax returns you know <laughs> I think I think one of the one of I think one of
1: the Timothy Dalton I'm wanting to say one of the Dalton bonds the living daylights maybe mm. or maybe it was licensed to kill um, where um, it, the lighter and bond were like more of like kind of like a Miami vice type of duo mm. like that where it wasn't as vanilla it's been a while since I've seen I,
0: I even you know recently the plays that they do on Felix I just kind of feel like he's still like he wants to be Bond, but he's not. Like he wants to have that capability. That's what he needs Bond. He needs someone to kind of break the, you know, restrictions every Live vicariously so, through in the spot yeah, yeah. And I I just I I hate to do it because I, I like the idea of Sebastian Stan as that Robin character, but I just think he's too fucking cool. And Ooh. I need someone a little bit more vanilla. I I think that Sebastian stands too cool, so I'm gonna have to go Sterling K Brown on this. Well, I, I appreciate Sterling the decision. K Brown isn't I cool. Say, I appreciate the decision. What? Sterling K
1: Brown's pretty cool, anyway. He's pretty fucking cool, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> We're talking about kicking ta- people's asses. I'll take, I'll take it though.
0: You know? Yeah. Sebastian stands. Sterling yes. K Brown. Sterling Brown. No. He's shredded, dude. Oh my gosh. Dude is shredded. Okay. Runs a four to forty. Guys. 4-2-40.
2: No bro, there's a picture of him. There's a picture of him when after he won his Emmy, his primetime time Emmy for best actor in a drama series like lifted his shirt up. He's like shredded with his Emmy. It's like you know, it's like a yeah, come on, dude. He's a Sterling K. Brown play a superhero.
0: All right. Uh Billy.
1: Yeah.
0: Pussy Galore. What do you have, Cass?
1: I, I must be dreaming.
0: Is there I'm not a wish money one? penny?
1: Money. Oh, I didn't do money penny. I'm sorry. Wow. I forgot about that one? Because I'm an idiot. Money, I don't know. Money
2: penny's iconic. How are you I, gonna? You're you're right, you right, have to throw money right. penny in here, Absolutely. so you actually lose for that. I have Kerry no. Washington <laughs> as my money penny. <laughs> Kerry Washington uh, as my money penny.
1: No, I, I think I'm gonna go. Um, if I was gonna do it, I would go with. Uh, shit, you know, don't
2: me. know if that works though. If Kerry Washington is Penny, I'm pretty sure Bond's taking her out the first time she asks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um, all right, let me think of somebody real quick. Uh all right, I got one. I'm gonna go Lily James as my money penny. You so. already used her?
2: Damn it. Let me see. If you did, you're you're definitely losing this. Not prepared and recycling a name, lazy. Have, Damn it. Yeah, he did. Ah, lazy. She was my land
1: Star Wars. Fuck.
2: Yeah, he, he just he <laughs> should he this should just be a uh, remember you guys play golf. We, no, was, you guys what, play golf? This is a mole again. This is like the the ball in the water. This is a water hazard.
0: Breakfast ball. Breakfast ball.
1: Uh all right, I'm gonna sure. go. Uh, two two. Gonna, I, You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go um, Emma you Roberts. Lost. You lost. Emma Roberts is my. No, no,
2: uh, no. Nah, nah. You already used her, and that's a that's, phone no. In I the haven't phone.
1: I haven't used Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts is my money penny. That's so bullshit. What, what do you think, Bob? Who, who's who's gonna who's gonna, gonna? young win?
2: to play money penny. Money penny's nah. a Little older. Nah. What do you think? Forties. Money penny. Emma Roberts
1: 40s. Uh, or uh, Kerry Washington. Money
0: penny's in her forties. Oh God! <laughs> you need somebody that can again. Got to have a little kick ass in them. So.
2: Well, no, uh, this is a casino or, or, or skyfall. This isn't skyfall, fucking money penny. The one in the field. This is sixties uh, money penny. She sits at the fucking desk.
1: I I, I was Trust messing me. around. I, I I didn't I didn't I didn't know we were doing this one. I'm sorry. I, I put the list out. You didn't have any objections, and you just throw mint, money penny when we start recording. Come I on. just assumed That's that 30. she was on there. Oh, okay. Well, you you saw the list. You should shouldn't assume anything. So. All right, and Phil, who do you have cast yeah. as Pussy Galore? <laughs> Pussy Galore. Uh, back to it. Um, talking about people that can kick ass, uh, you need an actor that can do that. Part of the reason that Honor Blackman was cast is her ability to kick ass. Um, so I wanted to bring someone who is very capable, can almost, yeah, in a lot of ways, stand toe to toe with Goldfinger, the main villain. Uh, and is, um, you know, not phased by Bond for, well, the, the vast majority of the film anyway. I went with Emily Blunt as my pussy,
0: pussy girl. Why?
2: Well, um, I mean, Phil, you know, badass, and she's quite capable. I think of a lot of the Bond women, she's, um, you know, by no means a damsel in distress, which unfortunately a lot of the Bond women in the 60s and 70s films, they were. Um, my Pussy Galore thought of Lily Collins. Mm-hmm. It's talking about the Lilies. Lily James didn't make my list, but um, I went with uh, Felicity Jones as my Rogue Pussy Rogue One, Galore, yeah. yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. A couple honorable mentions for me. I had Florence Pugh.
2: Well, and I think she'd and- be pretty great at conveying that capability and the toughness on top of the uh, you know what you need to, to play Pussy Galore, the toughness and the beauty. I think she's got both.
1: Uh, Florence Pugh and Jennifer Lawrence were a couple of my honorable mentions. I think
3: J-Law. both of them. Were you the, you got to go British, here, right? No. Well, um,
1: yeah, I guess. I mean, if listen, if we can Show have the a bunch Kentucky of love actors,
2: with a fucking put a Kentuckian in a exactly, Bond movie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow, J Law, yeah. But it, it, listen, if so many British actors, can did you just call her J Law.
2: No one's called her J Law in like fucking ten years. You're so Bob, stupid. Bob just
1: did just a second ago. So, oh, you but both if are you can have bunch of British actors acting as Americans. It can go. It can go the other way. Two way street.
0: I think that um, on this one, that Felicity Jones has a better look for Pussy Galore. I thought that was a better way to go. Well done. Yeah, John. thank you.
1: Hey, listen, disagree. I'll just
0: say that it's all right. You can. I did. Warren, who is Auric Goldfinger?
1: Goldfinger. I, I was gonna do. I almost did it. Ah, oh, Shirley Bassey, man, legend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, man, he actually appeared
2: in a Bond film when he was younger, but he was a goon, and it's been so long. I think it was four scores and three Bonds ago. So we're okay to bring him back a little older. Benicio del Toro as my goldfinger. He was in License to Kill. He got eaten by a shark, I think. Oh,
1: really? Okay. Yeah, I thought you were talking yeah. about the original actor.
2: <laughs> no, no, Benicio <laughs> like, del Toro. His... Benicio del Toro uh, as my goldfinger. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, he flipped you. A... He flip you for real. Yeah, that's uh it. He's got some malice there, yeah.
2: But it is a part right. with not a lot of. Ta- you know what I mean? Like, it, the, the, he would embody that. Uh, I, I think he would be pretty great.
1: Well, I, I mean, so I'm thinking of. Del Toro's a great actor, but, you know, when I think of. The Goldfinger part, there's one line in the film that you got to get right that, you know, we talked about earlier, uh, you know, no, Mr. Bonac, I expect you to die. I mean, there's that you got to you got to nail that line there, that exchange. I mean, that is such a memorable part of the role. There's a lot of other things, too. But, you know, like the the delivery of that, I think I have to be able to imagine my actor doing that. So that's what that's what a starting point was. when I was thinking of recastings thought of Giancarlo Esposito. I think that's the go-to whenever you are thinking of villains in films. He's kind of set the standard. Of course, I've already used him this season. Um, but then I thought of my next actor who honestly would be even better, Bill Camp. One of the best mm. character actors today. He was Mr. Scheibel uh, in um, uh, the freaking chess show with uh, Anya taylor Joy. What's it called? What's that Queen's name? Gambit. She- Queen's Gambit, thank you very much. I watched the show. Can not even think of it? The only uh, show she's,
2: she's been in that like anybody knows she's <laughs> mostly in film.
1: You're right. You're right. But uh, I mean, he's he's uh, he was in um, he's been a lot of stuff. But uh, he's a, he's a great actor.
2: Yeah, he was in uh, uh, what the HBO film with Riz Ahmed that kind of put him on the. It match. was a show. Yeah, the night, like the, the night of. Yeah, the night. The night the of. Night of, of yeah, yeah, that
1: he was great. That he played, played the detective. Yeah, yeah. But oh, I'd love to see him as a Bond villain. I think he'd.
2: I think he'd be and he great. was such a believable cop too it's cause that this show is like bosch where it kind of you know a lot of shows make it desirable to be a cop well it isn't and when you watch something where it actually shows the grit and grind <laughs> yeah. of being a cop that that's what that the, when you see bill camp like oh wow that's what it's really like to be a detective yeah
1: it sucks <laughs> we don't we don't cast him enough in this show. yeah we, re- uh, yeah, yeah, we show. don't I'm thinking let's see here uh since we've got time we've used him. Three other times, um, I used him once. He, w- yeah, you used him once. He was your lieutenant, Kinderman in Exorcist. I used him as scary German guy in Monster Squad. <laughs> terrible, uh, terrible. Yeah.
3: So oh no, bad. he's great in that. That's no, I bad. lost That's it.
1: So if if you're curious, but as you should, you won for him as Kinderman. I should have. You know, All right, let's get yeah. back on track here. You're
2: fucking. Okay, we're back. we're back. We're back. We're back. You know
0: the. Uh, there's a, a sliding glass door of, of life where things don't happen the way they're supposed to, and I, I watch this and you just think like, God, can you imagine like a, a Philip Seymour Hoffman doing this role? Ooh, I mean, mm.
1: he was a great villain in uh, Mission Impossible. I know. Too, I and think it I, was.
0: Oh my god. I just I, that would have been something that would have been so fun to see him lean into with some villain. So think about the James Bond villains; is you can take people from. Any aspect, anywhere, any place and as long as they can create and just really dive into it, you can get some amazing villains in Bond. Mm -hmm. So good. Um, But I I think you have to have that aspect of the character development. You have to be committed to it. You have to really dive into it and I trust the hell out of Benicio Del Toro to do that. Oh my god. Thank you. That's awful. Well, what's going to be awful is uh, whoever... (sighs) Doesn't get this right because I'm going to make fun of him. But it is our tiebreaker should we need one. And going up, nodded two to three, there's a strong likelihood that we're going to need one. James Bond, Warren, who did you fail? I mean, uh, cast as James Bond?
2: No. Well, look, uh, it's been recast six times now. It's not that sacred. all right. Uh, James Bond, 007. However, recasting James Bond and Goldfinger is a tall order. Big shoes to fill. Uh, thought of Jack O'Connell.
1: That's who you used in Casino Royale. Yeah, I thought of him.
2: Wow, and yeah. I didn't know. I didn't even look that up. Man, I am like, dude, I'm consistent with my recastings. you got to yeah. give me that. Um, you're consistent
1: with your low-hanging fruit. Shut the sure. fuck up.
2: Uh, Nicholas Holt, I've already used him. Um and he just isn't quite right to me. Uh, I went with Kingsley Ben-Adir. Uh, Secret Invasion. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, most recently played a kin opposite... Uh, Barbie. R- yeah, Ryan Gosling and Barbie. Yeah. Played one of the main sidekick kins. Which is something. You know, Barbie had so many stars in it. You have, like, leading actors playing. like They have, like, three lines.
0: It's crazy. That's Hollywood today. People will just take on the tiniest roles it's amazing it really is Bill who do you have cast as James Bond uh,
1: uh, a few names honorable mentions I'll say uh, one I mentioned him earlier for Felix Leiter uh, and like a younger Bond John Boyega I think he'd actually be a good Bond too I think he could you know do, do Bond or Leiter um, Regé-Jean Page uh, from Bridgerton um, also in the new Dungeons and Dragons movie uh, however, honestly, who would be a really great kick-ass Bond is Aaron Taylor Johnson. I think he'd be an awesome Bond. Um, i just put that out. There. I've already used him this Whoa. season. Oh, uh, Bond, the Bond that I went with and one that I think could just uh, capture just the, the, the essence of Bond, everything you want from James Bond, is Jonathan Bailey. He uh, plays Anthony in Bridgerton. Uh, is what he's most known for. Still, what? not not super super well known. Which uh, I think, think you can't go, go too big of an actor with James yeah, That's Bond. the thing,
2: though. When you go with Bond, you have to go with someone that doesn't have too many previous associations. And you're fucking going with somebody who is in like one of the most the biggest
1: show. Is Bridgerton?
2: It's, it's, huge, and
1: he's been in multiple
2: yeah. seasons.
3: What are you What Two are you seasons. talking about?
1: Hey, okay, so the way that you don't understand the way that Bridgerton <laughs> works, it's like he's only really featured in one season a lot and a lot of I'm saying a lot of, I think a lot of your audience that watches Bond is never watched Bridgerton and never will there watch Bridgerton There
2: is no way this guy Guilty. ever gets cast as Bond. <laughs> yeah, this guy's not getting. I cast watched as it, Bond. yeah. He's not he's not Bond. Sorry.
1: He is Bond. He's got a great
2: no, just, Bond quality. No, if you've watched no, the show, of what he Dude, because of what he's already done it kind of takes you out of it hey listen it at really, no. i think it does hey, pull
0: it up on your computer cuz i'm pretty sure that atj is the leading uh candidate right now i think the vegas odds are on him he's w- one one of the candidates it's down yeah. to him uh Cavill, he ain't and then who's the super? Cavill who's the superman it. from the uh the marvel movie what what the
1: like uh, superman from the marvel movie yeah
0: yeah yeah. you know the yeah, one you, you just about. hand your
2: gavel over now and just fucking leave <laughs> no no, no, Jesus. no the guy superman from the, the marvel superman movie the, movie, the quote of the season
0: the uh the eternals there it is oh richard madden richard madden yeah it's yeah. down to like these three yeah rob
1: stark from uh game of thrones yeah
0: yeah and a lot AT- of people throwing
1: out idris elba yeah
0: in uh, etj's gonna he's gonna take this
1: i think i didn't I didn't pick ATJ. I've already used him, but that's who I would have picked, had I not.
0: But. but that's the thing. Like, this is Bond, damn it. Where's the I mean, gruff? Well, you gotta pick something we picked. He's we? still freaking like, there's there's a masculine fucking but, yeah, undertone. I know, but see,
1: ba- 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 Bailey's got some gruff, but he's also got that smooth polish that you also want from Bond. No! I'm just saying, yes, he does. You're Dude,
0: crazy. Dude, no! Yes! No! Yes. Absolutely You're- not. There's nothing You're- masculine about this, man. You're a this fool. is not. This is not Bond. Kingsley ben has the freaking beard, the frickin' just, he's got the, all of it. The swagger, he could
1: bring this to. I'm, That's not who this Bond is in Goldfinger, though. It's not. That You're recasting the Bond for Goldfinger.
0: Hyper-intelligent, witty guy. James Bond has always been very just, Overly masculine and just quick, quick, witty. That's that's it. That's the charm. Is the fastness, the speed. All that comes that's from the, that's confidence. The, that's the, nothing verbal. is masculine about that. It's all confidence. What are you talking about? I, Kingsley benedier takes this one. Oh my God. Yes, yes, I win, Goldfinger. <laughs> victory. Recasting court is adjourned.
1: All right, warned fan theory time, oh, and man. I'm just gonna go ahead and say, this is the best fan theory I've ever had, and I came up with this on my own. Okay, could find anywhere. They have a ton of fan theories out there about the Bond franchise as a whole. Like, oh, it's, it's this, it's the fucking, it's, it's different actors or different people. They just take on the 007 moniker, whatever. Uh, I don't care. All right, this one, and you're gonna, I, I think you're gonna like this. I think you are. My fan theory, 100% original here, is that Bond changed nothing by being in this film. That if Bond wouldn't have become involved, the same outcome would have happened. He didn't do anything to impact the story other than getting Jill and and her sister killed. Hmm. So let me explain. You're thinking about it. So, okay, what what did change? How, how, How did Goldfinger's plan go wrong? Number one, um, the gas was changed from the, the lethal gas that killed that would have killed everybody, the nerve gas that would have killed everybody at Fort mm-hmm. Knox to the one that where they just slept for a little while. Um, I would say to that, I think Pussy would have... Her character, I think in the end, would have made the right decision. I don't think Bond would have swayed her that much. I think in the end, she would have done what is right. She could not have had her pilots, her crew be responsible for the death of that many thousands of people and I think that she would have, uh, she would have come to her senses on that and, and, and still made that decision without Bond's interference and you're like oh, okay well maybe so Phil but Bond was in the vault and he fought odd job and he defused the bomb no 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 he didn't he was he was panicking he didn't know what to do and is about to blow the bomb up. Until that other person came in and grabbed his hand and actually turned the bomb off. So Bond didn't do shit to save the day in Goldfinger. It would have—I I think it would have happened regardless. The same outcome would have happened. Only thing he did was get a couple people killed.
2: <laughs> like, There's nothing wrong with that, you idiot.
1: No, I mean no Jill. He get Jill and Tilly killed. That's what was wrong. I don't think they would have died if he wouldn't have got involved. But oh, Goldfinger's sure. Goldfinger's plan still would have failed.
2: Yeah, Goldfinger, I mean, uh, despite all his miniatures and his presentation, uh, yeah, I think he was new to fail, yeah, for sure.
1: So you're not going to shut that down? I get it? I get one? Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, it's not that big a stretch, oh, man. It's, yeah, oh, it's, it's, the not, it's best. not that great a plan.
1: I'm telling you that James Bond, in, the, in one of the greatest Bond films, I'm telling you, James Bond in no Wasn't way was needed. actually the hero. He didn't actually do anything to save the day. Give me some credit. Come on, man. Shocking. Shocking. Positively Fuck. shocking. I must be dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: And we'll close out the episode discussing the legacy of Goldfinger. Man, I think it's defining Is it just it established the Bond franchise for what it is uh, and what a lot of its defining characteristics would become, uh, But for the Bond character, what's featured in it, uh, other characters that they added that kind of make out the Bond uh, pantheon of, of, of characters. Yeah. Um, and his supporting cast. So looking at the franchise starting there, peak of the franchise. What movie? Oh Peak of the Bond franchise. Yes. Oh
1: man. Peak of the Bond franchise. Um hmm to me, I would say where it's got the most global um exposure, uh, notoriety, interest, um is gonna probably be oh fuck. Man, that's a good question. Maybe a uh, spectre with. Um with Craig. It's going to be uh, one of the Craig Bonds. I think Casino Royale.
2: Skyfall was, was considered or like. Or Skyfall. Not, not, not yeah. Spectre. Skyfall.
1: No, Skyfall, right. Skyfall was
2: like the um, Sam Mendez's first Bond movie. It was like considered of Dark Knight quality. You had like the Joker quality yeah, villain in uh, Javier Bardem.
1: I, I'm an I, I'm yeah. an ass and I get those mixed up sometimes. It's like Skyfall. a
2: fucking straw dogs wannabe as Tarantino so brilliantly and eloquently put it with Skyfall. It, 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 there's something about that ending I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, you it's, know, um, as
1: someone who seen Seen a lot of Bond films and seen it's them very a lot. Un-Bond. I, I don't like Skyfall. It's not one of my favorite Bond films. It's uh, not.
2: It's not. I, I, me personally, I don't either. But you have to recognize that that's where the franchise really. I mean, it was, that's the first billion dollar Bond film. Right. Uh, let,
1: let, 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 let me ask you a better question because now you're you're trying to take in the zeitgeist and all that stuff. And I feel like you know everyone has their favorite Bond. Everyone has their favorite Bond films. So we're going to ask this question twofold. What are your top five Bond films, and then we're going to rank our Bond actors. Okay, so let's start with our top five Bond films. Uh, five to one. What are yours?
2: Uh, number five would be uh, Moonraker. Okay. Got it. Got love. Love. I, I
1: love. The, yeah, the whole that is a very cool one. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, number four is going to be uh, for me Thunderball. Nice. Nice. Number three is from Russia with love i love okay. the connery bonds i wow. love the early connery bonds they're just i can just fight for much like you could fire all, you could sit down on a saturday afternoon and just do dr no for much with love goldfinger uh thunderball, thunderball just the first boom, four boom, right bang. there boom boom boom, boom in, all in, in within
1: four years of each sequential years can yeah you just imagine bam that bam bam like box- no wonder almost. the franchise is as big as it is it's crazy
2: it's amazing uh, number two is going to be Goldfinger I uh, got to go Goldfinger number two uh, that's and number second, one, but, and number one. Is... it's going to be for me is Casino Royale yeah. I just think that is the most grounded gritty realistic bond it tells his origin story in such an ingenious way why he becomes the playboy he is he got played in the field and got his heart broken it just all of it is so brilliantly constructed and written and performed and executed and directed and I love Casino Royale
1: yeah you talk about a great opening scene the black and white in the bathroom how he gets shows his, how he d-
2: gets the the, po- the pose when he turns yeah. and shoots at the camera all oh, that's yeah, great. That's yeah. great.
1: Um okay, now my my ranking uh number 5 would be The Spy Who Loved Me.
2: That is Loved the probably that. the best Roger Moore Bond god it damn is. it.
1: Yeah. Uh and uh and and the no, number 4 is also another Roger Moore Bond Moonraker. Um you're such a
3: lot I love Roger Dork. Moore. It's good.
1: Uh number 3 Goldeneye. Number one because of the game. Uh and number two, just because it's just I think the first Brosnan, it's a classic. And and honestly, because I play the video kind of you know, play the video game a lot, Goldeneye and, and there's so many iconic things in it. Sean Beans, double O eight, I mean Alec Trevelyan or whatever. Um number two would be Goldfinger and number one would be Casino Royale. So we have the same number one and two there.
2: Okay, so. there we go. Yeah. Well it's the first two Bond movies we covered.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, exactly, uh, and the, yeah, in order we did Royale first, and then Goldfinger. Um, all right, so James Bond ranking So oh, this we're going to rank
2: our bonds. Okay. Yeah. So
1: we've had six bonds up to this point. If you if you include the main Bond franchises, not the offshoots and parodies and whatnot. Um, I'll go first. Number six for me is going to be Timothy Dalton. Number five, yeah. George Lazenby. Number four. Brosnan, number three. Roger Moore, number two. Daniel Craig, and number one. My Bond, best Bond, Sean Connery. Huh.
2: You know, yeah. I just realized I forgot, but um, <laughs> I have Lazenby as my number six, and I actually worked on his documentary, and I'm still ranking that. him as my last Bond. Uh, that's so, a
1: great Hulu documentary. That uh, is the way. becoming it's Bond. Really good.
2: good. good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. very, very good. Very well directed. Um, very well edited. Um, uh, easy to watch. Timothy Dalton is my number five. Roger Moore is my number four. Pierce Brosnan uh, is my number three. Daniel Craig is my number two. And then number one, I got to go with Sean Connery.
1: I think if we were to, we didn't do this ranking. Well, I don't think we may have done this ranking for Casino Royale. We probably said Craig, but I don't know. I, I'd be interested to go nah, back. And I probably listen, got but
2: Connery. Yeah, I'm pretty consistent.
1: Yeah. The, the recency bias is uh, definitely a factor, but I, I could, I could flip <gasps> Connery and Craig. Yeah. We almost forgot peak of the franchise, the golden Eye of Nintendo 64 video game. <laughs> I already, I mean, I mentioned that when I was talking about, that's my third favorite Bond film. But yeah, no, that's that, 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 that true. The video, the video game, game. would have been the, I would say for a certain demographic, yes, with the video game and what it became. But like you're talking about worldwide zeitgeist peak. Yeah, it's Skyfall, but.
2: Uh, spoofs, uh, Mr. Ed, Coldfinger, Gidget Gadget, Leadfinger, uh, Gold, Gold Singer, from Austin uh, Powers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, probably the best one. Uh, yeah. Get Smart, um, uh, Bronze Finger Kentucky Fried Movie, Inspector Gadget, Greenfinger, SNL Steve Martin in uh, Goldstein. Uh, excuse me, Goldsting. Uh, the Simpsons had a laser gun they spoofed, a Naked yep. Gun in Two and a Half. Um, Archer, they also spoofed the laser gun. Yeah, and then, of yeah. course, True Lies, probably my favorite.
1: Oh yeah, we, yeah. we do. We gotta do true life. We gotta do. I that's the next
2: James day. Cameron film for sure.
1: Um, yeah, uh, I, I will say that's not a spoof, but they almost retread the same ground. You talk about earlier the this set the the Bond template for the franchise to forward and still somewhat copied to this day uh, on that template. Uh, but Gert Frobe, who played Or Goldfinger, he was such a popular villain. Um, I, I mean, this is such an iconic Bond film that I mean, even Thunderball was big, but then it kind of took a dip after that um, in quality. So when diamonds diamonds are forever came out, that was, it's supposed to be like it's resurgence to form, you know, Connery was back as bond. Shirley Bassey was back doing the theme guy. Hamilton was back. Yeah, directing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wanted to try to recapture that um, so much so that the producers almost brought Gert frobe back as Orc Goldfinger's twin brother.
2: Uh, That's ev- hilarious.
1: Eventually, that was going to be the the villain, but eventually, of course, Blowfield uh, became the villain instead. The nemesis, the, the Joker nemesis, that bonds yeah. Batman. Yeah, but like the, like it was that close that we almost got like you know Goldfinger for Gold. Yeah,
2: Goldfinger and- is probably like gotta be his most iconic villain he's on the short list man oh, i mean course, you think yeah. of villains it's goldfinger's right there Goldfinger. I almost forgot we're talking about video games so there was the 007 legends game oh, and, there yeah. a, and there was a there was a level where you could yeah. yeah that was awesome that was so much fun i, you I know you beat love that.
1: those games yeah. the bond
2: games yeah. i was really into yeah. they haven't made them in years though they this came out when i was young uh messages and themes of the uh of this film uh look, greed, sex, trust I mean those are the classic spy movie must Gold! I want gold uh, East versus West uh, Russia versus US you know I think that was most probably most prominently personified with Rocky 4 uh, movies during the Cold War constantly did that though uh, technology you know like the World Fair of the 60s gadgets of the day so a lot of that going on in this film some of the, the overarching uh, themes and, and points touched on.
1: One thing I didn't mention is the you know, themes that you talk about, like greed and whatnot. Goldfinger in the book, and I we talk, we, we normally touch on this, but the differences between the book and the film, uh, one of the biggest ones is that he was much more of a hoarder for gold instead of a dealer. Uh, like he is in the film, he was a hoarder of gold in the book. Um, and in the book, his plan is to actually steal all of the gold from Fort Knox. I that's want what. gold. But like, and even, even <laughs> bond explains the logistics of how improbable that is. It would take like 12 days or something like that. And it was almost like a laughable plot hole in the book that they thankfully fixed in the film. Cause yeah. you know, when I'm when, when, like, man, that's, it almost gives them credit for the genius of, of Goldfinger by them changing, changing that with the writing. So.
2: All-Time List, it ranked uh, 49th on uh, Entertainment Weekly's All-Time Greatest Movies list, top 100. Uh, British Film Institute's Top 100 British Films, it ranked 70th. Uh, AFI's Top 100 Thrillers, it ranked 71st. Uh, AFI Heroes and Villains, Goldfinger, ranked number 49. AFI's Top 100 Quotes, a Maltini, shaken Not Stood, uh, ranked number ninety. Uh, so that's just some of the all-time wow. list. Uh, some of the more prominent ones, uh, American yeah. Film Institute, British Film Institute.
1: Yeah. All right, double feature. You're going to watch Goldfinger. What are you watching it with? What are you pairing?
2: I'm doing the motherfucking Goldfinger Thunderball blowout, oh, man. Just the one-two punch of the big Bond Connery films. Before Connery got a big head and wanted a big paycheck.
1: <laughs> well, he's probably tired of the schedule every year too, doing yeah. A Bond, yeah. Uh, give you know, give him credit where credit's due. Um so I thought about sticking with the gold theme. You do, you know, man with a golden gun, which is one of the worst Bond films. Cool name, cool concept, but terrible. Uh Goldeneye, you could do Goldfinger, Goldeneye, two of my favorites. However, I think I'm gonna do I think I'm thinking retired imprisoned Bond coming back for one more mission with Nicolas Cage in the Rock. Oh god you know, Goldfinger Rock. The Rock has become a tourist attraction? The Rock has become a double feature?
2: Yeah, no. That, 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 see, remember we talked about that. The, the Rock plays on the fact that we associate Sean Connery with Bond. That's why we don't question him when he kicks ass, even despite his, you know, advance. And stage. that's
1: part of the reason I picked it. Yeah, I don't, it's, hard, it's so hard for me to... I think you're in the right vein doing... I think the, the correct choice is Goldfinger Thunderball. Uh, but, uh, or if for had, Russia would love Goldfinger. Yeah, You could do that, yeah. But if I yeah. had to step outside the franchise, I'm going to do... Um, Goldfinger and The Rock. Yeah,
2: but Goldfinger Thunderball are like the big blockbuster Connery, great Bond films, the one-two punch.
1: I think Goldfinger um, Thunderball is the way to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, the impact of this film, I mean, the boom of spy films in the 60s. I mean, we talked about this cemented the Bond brand. Uh, and it set the template for future Bond films. I mean, this movie figured out the defining Bond formula that has lasted, what, uh, almost 60 years. It's 59 years it came out.
1: Yeah, we're approaching the 60th anniversary 60th year, yeah. of next next year will be the 60th yeah, wow. anniversary of Gold Goldfinger. Should have
2: been yeah. the mid-season class of next season. Stupid! Yeah, we suck. Yeah. We're, we're idiots. Yeah, we don't coordinate it like the big podcasts do. What are you going to do? Don't have the budget.
1: We're beating them to the punch and we're ahead of the curve.
2: That's right. And Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times summed it up best when he said, quote, Of all the Bonds, Goldfinger is the best and can stand as a surrogate for the others. If it is not a great film, it is a great entertainment and contains all the elements of the Bond formula that would work again and again, unquote.
1: That is going to do it for this episode of Replay Value. Thank you so much for listening. The Replay Value podcast is hosted by me, Philip Reinerson, and my brother, Warren Paul. Our casting judge is still Bob Thompson. Now. Produced, edited, and directed by Walter Pickles <laughs> Productions and dedicated to our father who we have to thank for our love of Santa. Please be sure to follow the podcast. If you like what you hear, take the time to rate, review, and share with a friend. You can visit us on our website, replayvaluepod.com and follow us on Twitter at replayvaluepod. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every other Tuesday and we'll see you then. Bye! Bye.
0: This has been a Waldo Pickles production.